It's time to step into the more that God has for you. This is Eunice Lai, and I would like to welcome you to today's episode of Beyond the Building with Laura Pereno and Debbie Kiever of the Beyond Women's Conference. Welcome back to Beyond the Building. This is Debbie, and Laura Pereno is with me. And Laura, we are in the middle of our October month called God Says. And you and I love this because you and I love to weave the word of God into our conversations. I think because it's so much a part of us. And when we are talking about our day-to-day lives, uh, the word just, it just, it always applies. There's always something that applies. And so as we shared on the first week, uh, there was one particular day where you said something like God says, and then I said, God says, and we're like, there's a podcast because God does a lot of saying, Yes, I think we de- we need to do a little bit more listening mm-hmm. to what he says. So um, this is actually one of the God says that you picked out. We both prayed about um, where he was taking this and you were making fun of me last time because if we were comparing our topics to coffee, I was the cold brew because God tends to be straight up in my face giving me direction, then that's a good way for me to learn. And the two um, podcasts, this one and next week are, are just good, warm feeling. Like I have a cup of hot, hot um, apple cider and in a blanket. And I just feel good listening, you know, to this podcast. So uh, folks, you are in for a treat today because this is one of those warm, fuzzy God says, although with a twist, Uh, when you're hearing God say this to you, it's not always the easy time in life. So today uh, we're going to be looking at God says, I have plans for you. Man, we love to hear that. I've got plans for you. And there's a purpose that goes with it. Now that's where it's going to get a little bit tricky. Sometimes his plan doesn't always sound like something that we've got planned, but there's always a purpose behind it. Yeah, Deb, this is one of those uh, familiar scriptures with a big, big word. And it's one of those things that we see on what birthday cards and on our walls and we text it to each other and we speak it to each other. Uh, it's something that encourages us. And it's Jeremiah 29, 11, And God says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. They're plans, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. So Deb, I, I read that. And God says, I know the plans I have for you. And Deb, right away, like to me, that means that he has plans for us. Like he has a plan for me. He has a plan for you. Like he has a plan. Well, the wow that's behind that is, I don't know about you. Well, I've shared this. I've shared this. I know you've actually confirmed that you felt the same way. There were times that I was left out of somebody else's plans. And that really hurt, you know, and to hear that the, creator of the universe thought about me ahead of time and put me in the plan has a plan for me and that I fit into the scheme of everything makes me feel special. You know, it's just a wonder that when you look at your life and there's like, okay, so this happened and that happened, that really made no sense. God still is, it's all coordinated by an all powerful, all in control father. And, and I'm this moment today is part of it. It's mind boggling. Yeah, absolutely. And I think one of the really big mind boggling things, I love that you just um, spoke about times when you're left out, right? Typically, 
times when we have a hard time is where we find God's people in the word of God. And that's why we relate to them so well. And in Jeremiah, God's people were in a hard, hard season. It's easy for us to say, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord with this big smile on your face, you know, like, yeah, God's got plans. But the the amazing thing here is in Jeremiah, God's people were uh, what they were in exile. They had been taken over by another nation. They were not in their own place. Jerusalem was a mess. They were living uh, for another government. And so here you've got God's people as slaves, not a story that they had expected. It was a super, super hard season for God's people when he steps in and says, I have plans for you. I feel like I have more questions in those seasons. Yeah. You know, when everything's kind of fallen into place, uh, I, well, it makes sense, right? It's, it, and we don't, don't rock the boat, right? This is all going well, but when it's hard, that's when my questions start to come up. I think first I start questioning myself, mm-hmm. you know, what did I do wrong? You know, what's, what do I need to adjust? But when it goes on for a while, I, I mean, even having been a believer for a long time, I started asking God the questions, like, where are you? Yep. How do you have a plan? And is this moment my moment? Yeah. Is there a plan for me with this moment? I I think I can sometimes have bigger, bigger faith to believe that God has a plan for you Yes, or somebody else. But, but for me, when I feel like there's a number of it's like the whack-a-mole, right? There, you, you take care of one thing and the next thing breaks. And, yes. and it's like, you do that long enough and you start asking those questions. Yes, absolutely. And I think, Deb, if, you, if we were to go back uh, to Jerusalem, back in the season where the Israelites were at in exile, it's probably exactly what they were saying too. They were probably like, God, where are you? Why are we in this situation? You know, how much longer are we going to have to endure this struggle? Because I think that even hearing this verse, I have plans for you, and you're in the middle of a hard time. Have you ever woken up in the middle of a really hard season and been like, this is God's plan for me? You know, mm-hmm. have you ever been in just a huge, huge struggle and been like, yes, this must be God's plan. That is not what we say. In fact, usually when we're in a hard season, we're like, you know, oh, this is what in the world is going on? You know, where is the plan? But it's in that place, Laura, that I think God has my closest attention. Yes. I think I'm more distracted when things are all going well. Um, But when he's stripping away the control that I feel like I have over my situation, uh, God, it's like he's sitting me down and I am listening a whole lot better. Mm. So it's in that place that he starts to speak words of encouragement that, um, I don't really say sometimes I still don't feel like they fit into the plan, but he's saying this does, you have to trust me in this. Yeah. And, and he, and when I, you know, I look back on some of those sit down moments when I was just overwhelmed by a hard season, what he spoke to me in that moment has stuck with me Mm -hmm. has stuck in such a powerful way that when I get to the next hard sit down, I have more courage to listen. Mm-hmm. Because he has spoken to me. I have a plan. And I have a backlog of examples where, yeah, he did. Yeah. Now, now I see it. He does. That's right. That's right. This really all goes back to uh, last month's podcast series, Deb, with making history, isn't it? Yeah. The more the more time you spend with the father, the more time you see that he did have a plan in your challenging spaces. You're more apt to 
believe rather than doubt when you enter into your next challenging season. But what we want to do today is go ahead. Yeah. You know what? Just, I just, before you jump into your next thought, a number of weeks ago, our pastor put this um, quote, this is his quote up on the PowerPoint at church. And it was that proximity um, helps us to connect to a purpose. And so that you're talking about the closer we get with the father, the more I spend time pressing into intimacy with the father, the faster I start to see his purpose in things. It's when I try to figure it out on my own, lean on my own opinions, right? right. Rather than trusting in the Lord. That's when I get myself confused. That's right. Because it doesn't make sense in the natural, but, but the father is saying, come close. That's right. And at least feel my heartbeat for you. And when I feel his presence and I know that I know that I know that he loves me and that he does everything for my good, then even in the natural, if it doesn't make sense, my heart is encouraged and I can move forward. That's right. Amen. And I think that all really goes into this verse because what we're going to do is we're going to tear this verse up and we're going to look at each word in this, I have plans for you. And what you just said, Deb is right. It has to be based on being close to the father. And the very first word in I have plans for you is I, right? I know Mm -hmm. the plans for you. I. And so we have to look back and say, who is the one declaring this verse? Who is the one saying that they have plans for you? I don't know if you ever had somebody in your story that um, is is constantly making plans with you and then uh, cancels them or Mm -hmm. doesn't show up or Mm -hmm. is changing things around. And you, when you start to go like, that person says, I have plans for you. You start to what think, well, I'm not going to write that on the calendar because right. that's never going to happen. I'm right. So double book it, just double book it. Cause you know, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So I think it's funny because we have to start out by saying like, this is not someone who has failed us in the past. Mm-hmm. This is I, mm-hmm. and this is the Lord Jehovah. And that means the existing one, the I am, the I am has plans for you. And he knows what those plans are. And really that I am that word Jehovah goes right back to, we were talking a few weeks ago uh, about Moses at the burning bush. What did he had questions? He didn't know what the plans were. (laughs) And and God steps in and says, look, I am. And when he says, who do I say sent me? I am. And I guess the question is who has plans for me? It's the I am. And then later on in the new Testament, Jesus goes on to fill in some of those blanks so we can identify the I am in a greater way. He says, I am the bread of life and I am the resurrection and the life. And he goes in to say who the I am is. And when we look at the depth of who is making this promise to us that he has plans for us, we can go back and say, if the I am says he has plans for us, he's never not come through on plans that were good and brought him glory in the past. And he's going to do the same thing now. So we have to go back and say, like, who is he? What's his character? He's not going to change. He's going to do it now. And then the next thing is, you know, I know God says, I know the plans I have for you. And I think it's it's cool here. The word know is a word that's yada, and it means to know properly by using a great variety of senses, like figuratively and literally and inferentially knowing somebody by using their senses. And I'm just looking at their senses. That's our eyes. That's our ears. He knows us. He sees us. He hears us, right? All of our senses goes into this kind of knowing. So if the one who is the I am 
sees and hears and knows everything, that is the one. And that's what he does when he's making plans for us. He knows it. That's very encouraging for me. Yeah. I remember studying this passage and the word for plans is that detailed plans. Now you, you know, that we just uh, moved into a house, um, like a shore house and we designed it with an architect and it's that kind of detailed plans that that word plans means. So it's not, all right, I was just thinking about Saturday night and I have a few ideas. It's detailed, detailed plans. And that leads to greater stability when you know that God has that kind of depth into the plans, every conversation, every experience that he's either providing for us or allowing to come into our lives for a specific purpose for it's part of his plan. It's actually to bring good, not just in our lives, but eternally, it's going to make an impact in us and through us to affect other people around us from an eternal perspective. So those plans that I can try to put in place are, are not detailed like that. Mm -hmm. They're kind of piecing together what I know that I have in front of me, but what God's plans are, have a far uh, wider perspective. He's, he's pulling from resources I don't even know exist. And so that's the, that's the detailed level. It's the architectural kind of plans. It's very, very specific. And so the plans that I have, that he says I have for you, it's the things that he's thinking through his, his ideas are so far beyond mine. Mm. Like I would have designed a house and said, I could be a couple bedrooms and bathroom. And when she started, the architect started asking us questions about um, pipes and sockets mm. and yeah. duct work. And I just glazed over yeah, yeah. like looking at her because honey, now you are on a whole different yes. level of thinking than me. That's right. I'm thinking about where do the throw pillows go? That's right. And she's thinking, where do the I beams go? Right. And so I mean, I think of my level of understanding of plans compared to God's, I, I am incapable of thinking his high level thoughts. Yep. I am incapable of understanding his kind of plans, but he's got it. Yep. He's got it. And so I am trusting in the one who says, that I do have the plans for you. They are detailed. They are intricate. They all fit together. And you can trust me when I say that I'm going, I'm going to work this out because he has been faithful in the past. And that word, no, it's that, you know, that, that you it's, it's part of it's coming from experience, right? When you have an experience, you know, that, you know, that, you know, that's right. And, and the more we trust him, it, it, we start accumulating like a file of, yeah, he did this before he did it again. I'm going to trust him in the future. So, wow. It's, it's exciting that these are personal plans, right? The house that we designed very personal yes. to the Kievers. Yes. I mean, you, you know, you've been involved in building houses and it's very, very Pereno, right? It's going to be yes. different than the Kievers. <laughs> that's and right. that's, and that's the way God has designed our lives. It's not the cookie cutter mold, you yes. know, where, everything's going to be the same for me. I know what will happen with you, Laura, because it happened to me. No, that's not the way God works. It's specific to you because he is a personal, personal God. Mm, Isn't that so good? Like God says that, that is just so, so encouraging this morning. Uh, The interesting thing here too, Deb, if we go back to the scripture is that we were talking earlier about the fact, like are God's people saying, why are we here? If they really looked at their circumstances, they knew why they were there, right? right. (laughs) They had rebelled against uh, God. They had fallen away from the one true God. They had uh, gone after multiple gods. And so here they were suffering the consequence 
of their sin. Uh, and yet, man, if this does not uh, blow our minds, God says to a group of disobedient people who are now captive to another country, I still know the plans I have for you. Mm-hmm. Like you're in the middle of the crazy and you're looking around saying this can't possibly be the plan, but I know what, I know what I've got going on here. Right. And, and it says to prosper you and not to harm you. And the word there for to prosper and not to harm. And honestly, this kind of blew my mind when I was checking this out. It's Shalom. It's mm. like God saying, I know wow. the plans I have for you and therefore Shalom. Now we interpret that to prosper us and not to harm us. And man, those words can get a little bit messed up because Shalom means wholeness, right? It doesn't mean what we might think when we think prosper and not to harm. Shalom means wholeness in every area of our lives. That means physical wholeness, spiritual wholeness, mental wholeness, emotional wholeness. And when we look at to prosper you and not to harm you, and we think about peace, which we often think is just the word for shalom, right? We often think that peace means having no trouble in life. Like if you wake up one morning and the coffee's ready and the sun is shining and there's no conflict in your, your marriage or your relationships, you're like, whoo, it is a peaceful morning. I can get out my Bible and dig in with the Lord. But shalom is actually having wholeness in the middle of a troubled time. It's mm. like living in the storm, but remaining calm and untroubled. It's not reacting or responding to the chaos with more chaos. It's responding to the chaos with the place of peace. And perhaps you've seen um, the art. I remember a couple of years ago, I had seen this picture, who knows where, maybe on Facebook, but it was a, a piece of art where there's the wind is blowing and the rain is you know coming down like crazy. And there's this tree that's bending in the wind. And there on the tree is a little bird sitting in her nest un, mm. untouched by the storm that's going on around her. And so that just always speaks to my heart when I think about Shalom. Am I the little bird in my nest enjoying the presence of the Lord, regardless of the peace that's going on around me? That's Shalom. And I think it's interesting because when Jewish people bless each other, they say Shalom to each other, Deb. Yeah. And when you and I see each other, we say, hey, hi, hi. Let's <laughs> like, start saying Shalom. Yeah, yeah, I think we should. What does hi mean? Like, Hi. Okay. It's a, it's acknowledging the other person is there. It's a greeting, but man, when you speak shalom on the person you're passing, you're not just acknowledging that they're there. You are actually blessing them with wholeness in every part of their journey and story. And perhaps even reminding them that that's how they're going to live in the, in the middle of their day that they're experiencing. So let's, let's pull some of these thoughts together. So God is saying to you, he's saying to me, I have plans for you, detailed plans. And these plans, you need to know they're going to give you peace. They're going to bring you shalom in the midst of those moments where everything feels like it's swirling around you. When you feel least stable, like un- you're at least stable, we feel unstable. Yep. I've got you. I've got a hold of you. This is not an accident. Nothing happens in our lives out of God's allowing of it to happen or what God causes to happen. So when there's really awful stuff that's happening, that's, I have got to hold on to those moments that God, you've allowed this. I don't understand it. I don't have to see how you're going to bring something good out of this, but I trust who you are and your promises to me. And when I, when I hold on to those moments like that, Laura, it's not the happy day, right? But it is the shalom day. 
Yep. It's I am not falling apart. Shalom being whole put together is not how I feel when I'm trusting in my own plans. It's almost like a red flag. If I start feeling like I'm being split in many directions, like I'm losing my mind kind of feeling, it's a reminder that I don't have my eyes on his plan. I don't have my eyes on him. Even if I can't see his plan, I keep my eyes on the one who's speaking to me, his character and what he has promised. And as I do that, my heart settles. My heart just settles down and he starts supplying everything I need in that moment. He he typically does not lay out the game plan for me. Like, here's what's going to happen. Because if he did, I think I would run with it. Mm-hmm. Versus just yes. God, I trust you that you don't leave me or forsake me. I trust you that you give me the strength that I need. I trust you that you calm me, you know, in my fears or my anxieties that you, that you um, are going to be faithful to the end. I literally hold on to that stuff, yep. those truths yep. and, and it just, it settles down. Yeah. Amen. Amen. And then we, the, the passage ends there with what God says by saying, um, you know, I have plans for you to give you hope and a future. And uh, looking up that word future, I thought it was interesting. It means um, to give you an expected end. And isn't it interesting because when we're in the middle of the crazy and God is saying that he has plans for us, we don't know what the expected end is. Like, okay, we probably have an expected end in our own mind, right? This is the expected end that I have. But I think the cool thing is with God is that he has, he has an expected end for us. This isn't a guessing game. This isn't like, oh, I better, I'm going to wrap it up this way. God already knows what the end is. And I think that's cool too. Cause when God's people were in exile, he had already prophesied how long they were going to be in the exile. He knew exactly when things were going to change, right? He doesn't always share that with us, but there's an expected end. And that word expected even means uh, hope or accord. And thinking about a cord when you're in the, the middle of the crazy really spoke to my heart because man, it's sometimes like you just need that lifeline. Like, you know, right. the cord is ending, leading to the end, you know? Mm-hmm. So God is so good. He's like, I know I have plans for you. They're to bring you wholeness. And it's an expected end. That's full of hope. Like it's a cord you can hold on to, you know, in the final end in the future, God is speaking a word. Like you can trust me all the way to the end, because I know the plans that I have for you. Hmm. You know, I know you and I shared about, why don't we just share something personal and um, you, I know you were going to share something from your past, right? Where this verse really um, you're looking at it differently now because your, your past is in the past. You saw how it played out. I'm actually going to share how this verse is helping me in the present, right? I'm in the midst of something where, um, my, my uh, children have both, both boys, they have struggled in the trying to have a family. And so I've got an older son and his wife who have struggled to maintain pregnancies. And we are in the midst of the world of foster care and how that works on your heartstrings. This is my first experience firsthand, um, walking through this. And of course I can't give any details, but if you've been in that, that world of fostering or like adopting, there's a whole lot that you don't have control of. And there's a whole lot that you, you have no idea how things are going to turn out. 
And as we are going through quite a chunk of time with a child in our home, uh, in my child's home, you know, your heart's getting closer and you care for the well-being of this little child. And there is no map that we're following. We're just living day by day, loving this child, keeping them safe, um, keeping them protected, pouring into them um, everything that the father would want you to pour into them. But we don't have the answers of how this is going to turn out. I have my answers, right, of how I think it should play out. But I'm. this is not my plan. Remember, I'm just I'm the throw pillow aged. God is the one designing the entire detailed plan. And so for me, Laura, my heart is like, it's raw. This is a raw place for the Kiefer family right now. And um, it is, it has been a place where God says, do you trust me mm-hmm. that I've been faithful in the past, not just to your family, but to this child, mm-hmm. I have a plan for this child. Yep. That's right. And, and I speak that over, I do a lot of babysitting and I speak that over our grandbaby um, because this is true, right? Even in the midst of their kind of crazy beginning, this is true for you too. That's and, right. and if I don't, if I don't keep my head in this space, Laura, oh my goodness, the, uh, the, the Nana bear is going to come out with her claws and that's not a healthy place. Yeah. yeah. It's not a healthy place for my mind to go, my heart to go. And, and I'm trying really hard to honor the Lord in the way I think, in the way I speak, in the way I act through this, because you know what, for the parents of this child, God has a plan for them too. That's right. right. And it's so all these things. So like this for me, I can't give a lot of detail, but this is where I am. This is a raw stuff for me. And there will be a day, it might be heaven, who knows, where I can look back on this moment and say, oh, I see what God is doing. But when we made that comment at the beginning of the podcast, that it's in these places that we receive God's encouragement the best, I'm holding on to that. That is a real deal. That's a real deal for me. Amen, Deb. I, uh, I am with you on that. And it is amazing how we can go back to what God said that he has plans for us and that that really gives us confidence in the minute that we're in. Um, for me, the thing that came to my mind was, uh, wow, back in 2010, uh, when my dad died, um, I was also uh, could feel that God was saying, my plans for you are changing. And I was a teacher at a Christian school in Wilmington. And man, I loved it. And I'm looking at this verse and I'm, I remember thinking even in that moment um, that there could, there could be no better plan for my story. There could be no better plan for my life. There could be no future I want other than being uh, part of this organization for the rest of my future. You know, so for me, when I felt like I was living in the God has plans for me moment. And I think that that's a little bit challenging for us sometimes when, when we're in a moment that we know was God ordained. And we're like, well, God, this was clearly your plan for me. And it was his plan for me for that season. But when the plan changed, I think this is where it's sometimes tough to say mm-hmm. it's not, and I shouldn't even say that. It's not that the plan changed. No. <laughs> the plan's always been the same. It's God's just repositioning you in the plan. Yep. And so when it was time for that repositioning, I, I would not let go of the plan. And it was really hard. I think I actually ended up in a place of a lot more chaos and a whole lot less shalom because of my response 
to the way God changed the, the position for the plan. And so I think back to that moment and I think, you know, if I had really held on to this passage back in those days, if I had really said, God, you said you have a plan and I know who you are and I'm going to hold on to it. Doesn't mean I, I might not have really hurt on the inside. I was raw anyway, because my dad had just passed, but I, I would have had a much smoother transition into what God had for me next. It's really hard for us to just leave behind something when we don't know that God is purposing to push us right forward into the next place to accomplish that plan. And so I'm just, I read this verse in a whole different way. And of course, it's like that whole looking back thing. Oh, of course you had a plan. I can totally see now how you knew the plan. I did not. What a better experience it would have been to have lived that in Shalom. And I pray that my next repositioning to have <laughs> is covered in shalom, right? Because I'm not, I'm not sure I've had that uh, experience in the past too well. So anyway, I'm, I'm just grateful that God's good and, and he knows and he loves me regardless if I respond correctly or if I respond in a way that um, I may need to change up next time. You know, that's where that comes back to that. I know that I have the, pl- the plans for you, right? You know, you die with some experience. I've been there. I see it. I see what you did in the past. And so therefore I'm going to hold on to that and take that into the future. But, you know, I have to believe that some of the folks listening today are in a place where you're going, man, I needed this because life is swirling around me. I have a lot of questions. I have more questions than I have answers. And I have been asking myself that question, God, where are you? How in the world does this fit? And so Laura, I just, you and I felt like we wanted to pray over our beyond family. Um, so let's just do that. If, if this is you, you're struggling today, would you just receive this prayer um, as you are listening um, and letting this sink in? Father God, we just thank you that there is not a moment in our lives that you are not a hundred percent aware of every detail in our past, in our present, and you see everything in our future. All of this was seen by you even before I was conceived. I just let that sink in. There's not anything that you're not aware of. And I'm hearing from your scripture that if you've allowed me to be in this circumstance that I'm in right now, for whatever reason I got myself here, you're allowing it to happen. There is something good that you'll bring out of it. It's all part of this overall detailed plan that you are working out in my life and your heart for me, your child is always good. It's always good. It's good for me. It's good for those that I can impact. And you are looking at this moment in time from an eternal perspective. And so I am surrendering to your Lordship in my life today. I don't have to say that I like the moment that I'm in, but I'm grateful that in this moment, you are still here. You are still in control and you are still working out your plan. And I surrender my right to control the moment. And I trust that the I am back with Abraham, the I am with me today will be the I am for the rest of eternity. And so God, I just press into you. I give you my my mind that tends to race. I give you my heart, my emotions that are all over the place. I give you my will that wants to control the moment. I release that control to you. I surrender to your lordship. 
in my life. And I thank you in advance that as I do this, your shalom, your completeness, you put me together, you hold me close and I can rest. And so in this moment, in the midst of the storm, in the midst of the confusion, I press into you, trusting that this is part of your plan and that your plan for me is always good. We ask in Jesus name. Amen. Well, thank you everybody for joining us for this is just such a powerful one, Laura. And guess what? We get to do it again next week. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Can't wait. Can't wait. Yeah. Do you want to give us a little heads up on what next week is? And then. Yep. Absolutely. Next week, we are actually staying in Jeremiah 29, but we're skipping on to verse 13. So check it out. The Bible says, or God says in the word, right? You will find me. If you seek me, you will find me. For any of you out there who have been searching for the Lord, uh, connect with us next week and you will hear uh, a word on what God says about it. That'll be awesome. Well, we love you guys. Thanks so much for being here with us and we'll see you in seven days. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. We believe that God will use what was shared to encourage you as you step into the more that he has prepared for you today. Thank you for joining us. Until next time, remember, you were created for more. 